Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and we're broadcasting this morning from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich, South Dakota. Welcome to the heart of the Real Presence Radio Listening Network as we share the gospel with all our members all throughout North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and all parts unknown, as we're available also on the World Wide Web on realpresenceradio.com. And we're so glad that God has called us, God has chosen us, to be his disciples and the great grace of Christian election to be a member of one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And it's a beautiful spring day as uh, many of our members are on their way uh, in their workplaces, in their homes, sanctifying their lives one day, one moment, one prayer at a time. And it's a great opportunity for us to reflect as we just celebrated Good Shepherd Sunday this past weekend, uh, this great desire of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, to pasture his sheep. And we give God thanks for all those holy pastors that have watched over us in our own lives, uh, giving God prayers of thanksgiving and also praying for more vocations. Uh, We're going to dive into the show this morning. We have a great uh, group of people who are going to help us in uh, understanding what is this call um, to a vocation? What are we called to in the Christian life as members of the church, and how can we be helped by our families, by our religious educators, by our pastors, and all others to grow in the life of prayer. Let's begin today with a prayer for vocations, and we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, Son of the Eternal Father and Mary Immaculate, Grant to our young people the generosity necessary to follow your call and the courage required to overcome all obstacles to their vocation. Give the parents that faith, love, and spirit of sacrifice which will inspire them to offer their children to God's service and to rejoice whenever one of their children is called to the priesthood and religious life. Let your example and that of your blessed mother and Saint Joseph encourage both young people and parents and let your grace sustain them. Amen. Father, we ask that you would bless all our listeners as they continue to live out the grace of their own vocations. We pray also that you would strengthen families with the courage and also the grace to see your will at every moment in their lives. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And speaking of pastors of souls and people who are entrusted uh, with the care of Jesus the Good Shepherd's flock, I'm grateful this morning to be joined 
by Good Shepherd of Sh Souls, uh, one of my brother priests, Father Jordan Sampson, the vocations director for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and also the pastor of Christ the King Parish in Sioux Falls. Father Jordan, thank you for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um, I'm so grateful for your friendship, for your witness, and also for the work that you do in uh, working in the vineyard to uh, help uh, you know, find those shepherds that God has given us, those ones that have been chosen by God. Um, so, Father Jordan, uh, let our listeners know again, uh, some of them may have heard you on the show before. Uh, tell them who you are, where you're from, and uh, what your work is in the church today. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, Father Jordan Sampson, I am the pastor at Christ the King here in Sioux Falls um, for the last year and a half, coming up on two years. Uh, pastor here, as well as the vocations director for the diocese. I've been a priest for 10 years, and coming up on 10 years, and then uh, originally from Eden, South Dakota, so up uh, up in the north where you're at. Um, and what you, what was the other question? What my work in the diocese? Yeah, what what are you up to these days? These ten years of priesthood, you've been around. So I have, uh, I have. Yeah, what what's what's that been like for you as a priest in these last ten years? Wow, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's been. Uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, be on my fifth assignment in ten years. So uh, that's a unique, a unique thing. But. Um, no, I love it. I love the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I love being a priest, so it's been a great joy. That is excellent. And the work you do now um, in vocations, um, most of our listeners, where, whether they're from North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, or uh, other places, other dioceses, if they're a member of the Catholic Church, there is an office that serves their regional church called the Vocation Office, and it serves a purpose at, at helping our young people uh, discover what God's plan is for their life. Um, so, you know, some people would say, what is this, some sort of Catholic guidance counselor or something like that? Uh, but, you know, Father Jordan, let us know more about this work in vocations because there's a lot of energy, a lot of thought, and also the church gives us a lot of instruction on what this means uh, to have a vocation. So what this work that you do in vocations, uh -huh. as we just celebrated the World Day Prayer of Vocations this past Sunday, so we kind of want to raise this awareness. What does that mean for parents who are listening, for grandparents, and, and how we can support you in your work for vocations? Sure, sure, yeah. Well, my role in the vocations office is evolving because we have a new bishop, Bishop DeGroote, and he uh, has a, a vision for this office and has been given me a team. So um, not only am I, like, recruiting or the touchpoint person for stuff for a man who is thinking about uh, the priesthood, um, you know, we also have to manage the guys who are here that are in the seminary and assist them in their formation uh, in the seminary. And so uh, expanding that scope of this office, Bishop DeGroote has given me uh, some lay people in the diocese, as well as, as well as Father Scott Trainer, which many of you may know, um, just to help in organizing that, <laughs> help in uh, really being intentional about the formation that our men are receiving in the seminary, uh, so that when they come home from for a summer vacation, they're you know they're continuing their formation as as men studying for the priesthood, um, and then the recruitment part. You know, we we all should have eyes and ears open and and be encouraging uh, young men to consider the priesthood, young women to consider religious life. 
and, and just being supportive of that, praying for it, and uh, maybe you know throwing that out there as a suggestion to uh, those that that we know are are young and enthusiastic for their faith and uh, might have a vocation being called from God. Um, so I'm grateful. Yeah, Bishop's given me some some really good help in this uh, arena because I also have a parish, and so uh, we don't want to be part-time in vocations, but we want to have a, a full team ready to uh, support this effort. You know, what's your favorite part? It sounds like you have some great co-workers uh, that support you. I know you're uh, staff there at your parish at Christ the King. They're, mm-hmm. they're wonderful people, so I know they're holding down the parish end for you, and then you're working with this great team. You mentioned a few of those names. What is your favorite part of the vocation work? Is it working with those others, or how is it working with these new people that you just get to know? Right, right. Uh, I'm really grateful for this team. Uh, it's, you know, Chris Bergwald and Eric Gallagher and Emily Leadham and working with uh the Discipleship and Evangelization Office and the Catholic Family Services Office, Father Scott Trainer. So one thing I've discovered is, you know, work is a lot better when you have a team, <laughs> mm. uh, when you don't feel alone in it, when, when you don't, you know, you know you're supported, you know you have people to just bounce ideas off of. Um, that is just an amazing experience to, to have a team that's competent, that's uh, working together well, and I can already tell this is going to be a great team to work with. Um, so I'm grateful for that. I'd say my favorite part, <clears throat> and the part that I'm going to get to do more of and be more focused on, is walking with the current seminarians. Um, you know, being the face of the diocese to those men who are studying uh, not in our diocese, right? We don't have a seminary. So, you know, mm-hmm. being the face for them uh, to the guys in St. Paul. We have a guy in St. Louis. We have one guy over in Rome. Uh, so in Winona, uh, Minnesota, your alma mater, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I get to walk with them and be with them and, uh, you know, assist in their formation uh, along with this this team that's going to help me with the recruiting and the formation aspects. You know, Father Jordan, you come from Eden, and for our listeners, not to be confused with Eden of the Old Testament, you come from a a wonderful farming village, Eden, South Dakota, uh, just near kind of that area uh, where North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota kind of come all together Mm -hmm. there. Um, at an idyllic place, a beautiful Catholic church there. Uh, what's your own vocation story coming out of Eden into now where you're living the priesthood? How did God call you? When did you, mm. you hear his voice? Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, well, every vocation, uh, you know, comes from a, uh, just the story is, it changes even over time as I gain insights into how God has called me uh, to this life. Uh, and I have to really, you know, I have to point to my family, uh, my parents living the faith in a way that was joyful, um, my extended family who, you know, lived uh, a Christian life and uh, were that example, that witness that, that Christ is alive and uh, that this is worth following, that there's something real here, uh, that it's something that adds to your life, <laughs> not just an obligation, but uh, that our faith is something that is um, it's a positive. It's a positive for my life. And so, as I discovered that growing up, I would say I I went right out of high school into seminary, and um, that was that was a difficult decision. But it was one that I knew I had to make. And I the doors kept opening as I discerned my vocation in seminary, and uh, ended up eight years later becoming a priest, getting ordained. And I I it's been a it's been a great life. <laughs> I've enjoyed it a lot. 
I think, uh, you know, families are so crucial to supporting and encouraging vocations. Uh, your own mom and dad, uh, Father Jordan, Kurt and Sue, uh, just excellent people. I, I became friends with them through a retreat movement. Um, mm. But your parents have been involved in, sh you know, living the gospel, sharing the faith, uh, have been involved in retreat work um, throughout your entire life. I remember speaking with your mom um, back when you, she was, you know, when you were uh, in her womb, and I remember her sharing with me how she was doing a uh, rec retreat with prisoners and, and sharing the gospel um, along with your dad, um, even at those very moments of the beginning of your life. And so living that life of mission, it seems like that was part of your life experience um, with your parents, you know, living the gospel. Mm -hmm. How important is that for you uh, when you encounter other young people? Do you recognize similar tendencies or uh, that they have that sort of family background, that they're involved in, in the faith and sharing the faith with others their whole life? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely helpful. I mean, I just realized that I was, uh, I was the recipient of the community my parents found in those retreats. I wasn't mm. necessarily involved in it, you know? So they, they would leave for a weekend and, and go to a, a rec or a koinonia or a tech, whatever they were doing. I didn't really know. But it bore fruit in their lives and how they, you know, they continued to be strong in their faith, coming home, bringing that to the family. Uh, for the guys I encounter coming into seminary, it's, I mean, it's helpful. Guys come from all sorts of backgrounds nowadays. And as you know, family life, is, uh, it's struggling. It's, it's not always uh, the healthiest place growing up. Um, and yet God still calls these men, you know, God still is reaching out and works miracles in people's lives, and even from, from places of, uh, and we're all broken to a certain degree uh, from original sin, uh, but even in these places, um, uh, God is still reaching out and calling men to follow him in the priesthood. And the inverse of that would be a vocation story like my own Father Jordan, and you know my story, but includes that trail of brokenness, and <laughs> I don't even... I don't even have a Catholic family background. I'm the only Catholic in my family, but God chose me. And, and that's the help of a vocation directors like yourself who, who walked with me and, and helped me pray and, and discern and hear the voice of the Lord mm -hmm. um, and just recognize those challenges and then experience that ongoing personal conversion and formation for the priesthood. And so, Father Jordan, we're so grateful that you're with us this morning. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to this conversation about, you know, understanding this call, being formed, and the work that you do as a vocation director. Stay tuned with us right here on Real Presence Radio. We'll be right back after a break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. 
To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. It's time to awaken. This spring, our live drive will have the theme, Awaken. We'll get the joy of hearing from your fellow listeners on how Real Presence Radio has impacted their lives and awaken them to the beautiful life in the Catholic Church. Also be sure to check your local bulletin to see if your parish is in the incredible parish competition. Don't miss any of it, coming May 4th through May 7th, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love. And it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and we're broadcasting from Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, South Dakota. We're also uh, proclaiming the gospel with our lives and living God's goodness one moment at a time. And that trustful surrender to God's providence is what Jesus calls us to, surrendering to him and, and following his will. And the way that we do that is by following Jesus in our vocation. And our guest this morning is Father Jordan Sampson, Vocations Director for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And Father Jordan, uh, on this topic of vocation, if uh, the average listener who is in Mass on Sunday morning and they just hear uh, it's Vocation Sunday, you know, one question is, what does this mean to have a vocation? Does God call everyone to a specific vocation or a way of life? And, you know, what if someone doesn't feel called to a specific, you know, vocation if they think about consecrated life as a religious sister or married life and they think, oh, I don't want to be married? Um, how can they understand this um, in knowing their vocation? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Well, we're all definitely called. Uh, God is calling us all to a life of holiness, to, to sacrifice, and uh, to lay down our lives uh, for a greater cause, uh, to live for Him. And so uh, no one's forgotten. You know, I think sometimes you can feel like if you don't have that specific call to a consecrated way of life, you feel forgotten by God. Uh, and at the same time, like, no, God is is intimately uh, calling you to a life of intimacy with Him. So. Um, you know, and how that's lived out can look different. It can look very different uh, across the board. But, um, yeah, to live in this consecrated way is uh, a great privilege to have that specific calling uh, to lay down your life for your spouse or in the, you know, taking vows in religious life or consecrated as a priest. Um, so to be attentive to those different ways. But, yeah, no one's forgotten. <laughs> no one's forgotten by God, uh, and that's for sure. Well, that's uh, a beautiful, you know, example of, uh, you know, just uh, being open and not really leaving it to subjective feelings, but uh, really 
surrendering it to God so we can have real knowledge of his will for us, and God will reveal that to us. You know, when someone's discerning a vocation, uh, should they be looking for specific signs? Uh, one of my uh, formators in the seminary, Father Andrew Bierman, a priest for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, who are part of our Real Presence family. Um, people, listeners down in that area know Father Bierman. And Father Andrew Bierman talks about when he was a youth, he was praying to know his vocation, and he told the Lord in prayer, God, send me a sign. And that weekend, there was a celebration for another priest in the parish, and his name was Father Andrew, and it said, Happy Birthday, Father Andrew. And he, he said, well, there's my sign right there. Uh, just the word Father Andrew really struck him. And, uh, of course, a man of great interior depth and prayer, and he knew God revealed to him and, and spoke to him in other ways that he knew his vocation was to the priesthood. But what would you say to someone who's beginning this discernment journey? Are they expected to see some real tangible signs, Father Jordan? Right, right. I, I That's great. I, I, yes, I think we should look for signs, and I think we should not limit that to simple spiritual signs. So I love that story you told, because he was looking at all of reality. Uh, he saw, you know, he saw like the celebration in his parish for another Father Andrew, and he, you know, responded to that as, as as a sign, right? Maybe it was a defining one, maybe it was just part of a multitude of different other signs combined together. Uh, I think too often we're waiting for the lightning bolt, spiritual skies opening up, and, you know, God just calls you, and you mm -hmm. hear the voice, and you go. You know, we have to look at everything, and so it is a life of prayer. It is a life of growing in intimacy with the Lord. Uh, it's following the desires on your of your heart, and then it's also looking at your own natural gifts, your own circumstances you find yourself in, um, and also to look at the world around. Say, what are the needs of the church, and can I be a person that that might serve in that area? So, um, you know, be attentive to all of reality, not just. Um, because it all matters, not just the sky's lightning bolt uh, sign. <laughs> uh, so I always encourage people, like, well, if you have the ability to be a priest, you know, you're a single man, uh, you have the capacity, you have the uh, emotional, psychological stability, you know, that part matters. Um, and you see the circumstances that you want to serve in this way, uh, that it might be a possibility, then, yeah, follow those signs that the Lord is giving along the way. Father Jordan, if I could share a testimony of one of the old signs that I received. And sometimes these signs come to us by way of other people, uh, uh. maybe speaking a word to us of encouragement. In my own experience, and not to scandalize our listeners, but 13, 14 years ago, I was a smoker. And I was having a cigarette <laughs> break at my job, and one of my coworkers... Uh, she uh, made a comment to me as we were finishing up our, our break and heading back into the office. She said to me, you would make a good priest. And I about fell over. I had never even thought of myself as living the priesthood, and much less I wasn't a very good churchgoer at the time. Um, mm. But that, that always stuck with me. There was something, and I believe is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that prompted her to, in a sense, give a prophetic utterance, you know, to give me that word of encouragement. It wasn't heavy-handed, it wasn't forced, and certainly in those circumstances, it seems like the most furthest thing from church, it was an ordinary life, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that was a powerful sign for me, and later on, you know, the Lord used that 
um, to strengthen me. You know, what other advice would you give for people who want to encourage that vocation in someone else? Uh, here was a coworker to me, someone we didn't really have a lot of shared experience in life together, but we did have this these experiences as coworkers, and they mm -hmm. shared that word with me. What would you say to our listeners who say, there's someone I want to give that, I feel the Lord um, calling me to give that encouragement to someone, not in a heavy-handed way, but being led to say something. What right. would you say to those people who are listening right now? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to manipulate anybody into a vocation. <laughs> so I love the freedom. You know, respecting the freedom of the other uh, is so important that we are proposing, you know, we're proposing, hey, you'd be good at this. Maybe you should think about it. And just placing that on their minds uh, is is a help because then whether they respond in the moment or not, uh, I mean, it's a lot of people, they, they take what they receive, they hear throughout the day, and they reflect on it. You know, they reflect mm -hmm. on the, what people are saying to them, and especially our youth, right? They might not respond in the moment in a positive way even to the proposal of a religious vocation, but when they realize, like, someone they respect sees this in them, uh, I think they do take it seriously, even if uh, we don't see that part. So, uh, and then always as a proposal, I don't want to peg anybody as uh, the priest <laughs> in a family or in a young, a uh, young person, uh, because I don't, I don't know for sure someone's vocation. Um, but I want to always be proposing it as an option. Uh, so respecting the freedom of the other, and then I think for the young man or woman, like the church discerns you too. So. You could have a lot of people supporting you, um, and then uh, in seminary and in that whole process of applying, the church is discerning uh, the the person and is are the signs there? Are they uh, being read correctly? And and um, yeah, to be open to what the church says as well. Uh, just uh, sharing with some couples that were preparing for marriage, uh, Father Jordan. Uh, just this last week, I shared with them in my own vocation testimony that I knew for sure that God was calling me to the priesthood when Bishop Swain said to me, you are going to be ordained a priest on May 27th, you know, this date, because it was a great confirmation of all those years of discernment, both the church and myself being transparent, being open, and also just, you know, listening to God's will. You know, what other advice would you give to those who are right now they're in a vocational discernment. They're praying to know what God's will is for their life. Um, mm -hmm. What other advice can you give them by way of prayer, by way of community, to strengthen them in this discernment? Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, two things. One, be attentive. Just be attentive to, to the signs that the Lord is putting in your life. And then don't be alone. Uh, we, we need a community to help in this discernment. Uh, no one's alone as we go forward, uh, if you're ordained a priest, you're not, I mean, you're ordained for a community, you know, you're ordained for uh, others, uh, any vocation. It's a, it's a way of giving yourself to others. And so live generously, uh, and then really reject the spirit of fear. I think we have a lot of uh, a fear of getting it wrong, even among, you know, the faithful, uh, faithful young people, and that we're so worried about messing up, making a mm -hmm. mistake, and, and just and you know what? Live with some abandon and some trust that uh, the decisions you're making are are not going to. Even if it's, <laughs> even if it doesn't turn out the way you plan, like the Lord uses everything. Uh, so uh, live with some some uh, some boldness, and and uh, it might look a little reckless at times, but live with some boldness, following the Lord, stumbling along, keep going forward, and 
get rid of that fear of, of being wrong or that fear that, oh, well, the Lord will just uh, smite me because I made the wrong choice in my vocational discernment. Okay, well, <laughs> that's not from the Lord. Uh, we want to live in a in a, a trust in Him, and uh, so keep moving forward. Yeah. And uh, for a lot of our, our, those who are on that path, that they might uh, appear to be different than the people around them, too, if they really seriously take this call. Um, mm. It's kind of countercultural. And even within our own families, uh, there'll be a change. I, I have no other brother priest who talk about when they told their family that uh, I'm going to go to the seminary, and there's a long pause at the dinner table, and then everyone blurts out laughing all at the same time because they said, oh, yeah, yeah, right, you're never going to go be a priest, you know. And that person has been a happy, holy priest for 20 years, and mm-hmm. to the chagrin of their own family. So, um, And recognize, too, that... Uh, when we undergo this change or if we respond to the call of God, um, that, you know, all the people in our life will be affected by that um, for good, or it mm. might make them, um, prompt them to have to take the, co- the gospel message more seriously in their own life, in their own vocation, yeah. and the way the Lord is working with them. Father Jordan, any final thoughts or reflections for all our listeners? Um, how can they get in contact with their voc- vocation director, wherever they're at, and you, if, they're, if they live here in our area? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it's always good to start with your local pastor. You can always reach out to them. And then uh, most, if not all, of the diocesan websites have a vocations page. Uh, you can go there and research that. We're all pretty uh, skilled with our online uh, movement. So you can look at those web pages and send an email, give a call. Uh, happy to respond to anyone who's really seriously considering a vocation. Father Jordan, thanks for being with us here on Real Presence Live. Up next, we're going to look at how we inspire religious vocations and the way we teach the faith. We'll be discussing this right here on Real Presence Live. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 